We're so glad that you've tuned into our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Laura Chapman and I serve as the Care and Connections Pastor. We're in our series, A Beautiful Life, where we've been walking through the book of 1 John. As we dive into the fifth chapter of 1 John, we'll be hearing all about Jesus and how His love and legacy affects us eternally. Now here's Pastor Jeff. Oh, well, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together. What a great morning of worship, baptism, and just seeing life being impacted for the glory of God. I love it. I love it. So welcome everybody here in Franklin. Welcome everybody who's joining in online. And welcome back to our series. We're in this great series called A Beautiful Life. And we're talking about how do we live this life that God has for us? How do we reach our full potential in Christ? And so in this series, we're walking through this letter in the Bible from the Apostle John. And if you remember, John was one of Jesus' disciples, right? He was a fisherman, and then Jesus called him and said, hey, leave your nets, come follow me. And, and John had this whole fishing business thing going. It was a little rough and tough around the edges, but, but he went and he followed. And, and can you imagine? I mean, John was there like when Jesus was doing miracles. He saw that firsthand. He was there for all the teaching. I mean, he was like listening, and, and God was changing his heart and his life. And he was there at the cross when Jesus was crucified. He was there at the empty tomb. He ran and he saw the empty tomb. And then he saw a resurrected Jesus. He saw a resurrected Jesus. His life was never the same. He saw Jesus ascend into heaven. And then, right, the Holy Spirit comes. And he becomes a leader in the early church. God's using him. He's a part of the church. It's exciting. People are coming all the time. People being baptized. Lives being changed. And John is just on fire for the Lord. And God's doing great things. Then persecution comes. He faces some challenges. He's exiled to the island of Patmos. Then later on in his life, in his old age, 85, 90 years old, he comes back and he starts to go around to all the churches that have just sprung up because God's movement throughout the whole land. And he's going around going, hey, children, love each other, right? Love each other. And he's this 85, 90-year-old kind of grandfather pouring in and just the powerful truth. And you're just wanting to listen because it's the wisdom and the depth, the depth. I remember a few years ago, um, my dad was, was getting sick, he was older, and, and uh, it, was, it was a tough time, right, for our family. Uh, but I remember my dad being in the hospital, and I was up there at the hospital uh, with him one night at Vanderbilt, and I'm sitting in the chair, and, and, and my dad was just a great man of God. I'm just so thankful. Uh, my dad didn't grow up, you know, kind of going to church. It wasn't kind of his deal. He started dating my mom later on in his 20s, and my mom led him to Christ, and my dad just went on fire for the Lord. I mean, he was just so excited about the Lord and church all the time, raising us in church, bringing us to church. He was a businessman and, you know, he worked in business and he did all these things. But man, he was just generous, just sponsoring kids, helping everybody and joy, just served every week. And I, and I loved it. My, I grew up playing sports. My dad was big into sports. And so, you know, my dad was at all baseball, basketball games. And, and in high school, we, you know, you couldn't play. My, I went to a bigger school. And so I had to choose, like, you know, am I going to go baseball or basketball? And I went basketball, and, and uh, my dad was a big baseball guy, but we just, he was always there. He was just always around, and I remember sitting there in the chair next to him, and him in his bed, and we had these just great times, because here he is, you know, he knows he's getting ready to meet the Lord, right? And so he's just pouring into us and our, you know, my kids, his grandkids, and, and everybody, and, but there's one night I'm sitting there, and, and my dad goes, Jeff, and I'm like, yeah, you know, and his strings kind of failing. He's like, Jeff. And I'm like, yeah. And so I'm kind of leaning in, right? I'm getting close. I'm like, what's going to happen? What's he going to say? I mean, it's going to be some wisdom, some blessing, you know, and I'm getting close. And, and he's like, you should have stuck with baseball. 
<laughs> That's what I got, all right? I just was talking baseball. Like, you're right, Dad, you know? So we laughed, we laughed. But then there was these times he would just go, hey, come here, listen, it goes so fast. It just goes fast. Make the most of every moment, you know? And he would just tell me these things like, man, just live for Jesus. Make the most of every moment because it just goes so fast. And, and I think that's what John's trying to tell us, right? When we come to 1 John, John's just saying, hey, lean in. Listen, it goes fast. You make the most of your time. You invest in the things that matter because God has a great plan for your life. Wow. Hey, if you have a Bible with you today, I'll invite you up with me to 1 John. We're gonna be in the last chapter today, right? The last chapter. It is so powerful. So New Testament, you know, if you're there, if you wanna open up, if you need a Bible, there's something back. If you're online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app and you can follow along with us here in God's Word but 1 John chapter five. And so John, who wrote the Gospel of John, now he's coming back and writing 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John to all of the churches in his old age, right? He's just going, guys, lean in. Lean in in this wisdom and this depth. And so chapter five, verse one, he says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And John, with kind of his last breath, right? He's going, it comes back to Jesus. You guys, it's just gonna come back to him and your relationship with him. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child. That's Jesus as well, the Son. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is the love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world, right? This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. You know, the New Testament was written in Greek, and the Greek word for victory is Nike. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Nike takes that, and they're like, hey, we're gonna name our shoes this, you know, victory, right? And, and you think about that, right? You put your Nikes on, you go to work out, and there's times you're just like, oh, I can't make it through. But man, you start to press in, you press in, and you overcome. Spiritually, we overcome, right? Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. And you remember that John is refuting this heresy. There was a false teaching that was going around. And, and, and it's so important for us to know the truth. And last week, if you missed, go back and watch. Ben did a great job talking about false teaching and how we understand what is truth. But there were false teachers that were saying Jesus was only spiritual. He wasn't physical, Right? And so it doesn't matter what you do with the physical because the physical is gonna die. It's just really the spiritual. And they would say, Jesus came and he walked, but when he walked, he didn't leave footsteps. And John's going, no, he was physical. I was there with him, right? I was there. I watched as water and blood, when they put the sword in his side on the cross, water and blood flowed mingling down. Jesus is fully man, fully God. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood and it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. And Jesus began his earthly ministry with baptism. You know, and what happened at baptism, right? You hear the voice, this is my son whom I'm well pleased, the Holy Spirit coming there. Jesus was 30 when he was baptized. Maybe God's been calling you to be baptized. It's the beginning, it's not the end. It's not like, hey, I gotta know everything and then be baptized, it's the beginning. But then also on the cross, when Jesus died for our sins and his blood was poured out, what happened? He made a way for you and me to have the spirit in us. And the spirit is in agreement. And we accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he's given about his son. 
He's like, you can listen to other people, but what does God say? Why don't you listen to God? What does he say? What does his word say? Let's come back to that and measure that. Whoever believes the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. John's like, guys, the beautiful life is lived in Jesus. And John's like, I will live my life for him. I saw God do miracles, and I want you to see the same thing. Because God has a blessing for you. Would you follow him? Would you trust him? It's all about Jesus. Hey, if you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to grab a worship guide. If you're here, frankly, you can write some things down. If you're online, you can pull out the Rolling Hills app just to help you remember some of the truths that God gives us through 1 John chapter five here. First, he says this, keep Jesus first. And here he is, 85, 90 years old, he's like, lean in. Keep Jesus first in your life. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Christ literally means Messiah, right? Christ isn't simply Jesus' last name, it's Jesus the Messiah. Jesus Christ is born of God. A beautiful life begins when you commit your life to Jesus. You know, John, here he is, a fisherman and doing his business, and, you know, like got this whole thing going on, and Jesus says, hey, come follow me. And John's got this moment, probably like, I don't know what's gonna happen, right? I don't know if I commit my life to Christ and following him. And, and he goes, man, I could have never scripted it. God had bigger plans than I could have ever imagined. It, see, it's a commitment to Jesus. God's drawing you to himself. God's inviting you into this relationship. And a lot of times we kind of confuse it. We think, well, it's good works, and maybe if my good outweighs my bad, or we think it's about religion or a certain denomination, and John's going, no, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on. It comes back to Jesus. It comes back to your commitment. Then you grow in him. A beautiful life grows in a relationship with God through Jesus, right? When you accept Christ, when you're baptized, that's not the end. <laughs> that's the beginning, that's the beginning of the journey. That's the beginning of falling. Then, man, I wanna spend time with God. I wanna read his word. I wanna pray. You, you know the people you're closest to are the people you spend the most time with, right? I mean, your spouse, your, your children, your roommates, your best friend. And when you spend time with God, man, you just draw closer to him. You draw closer to his heart. And you hear from him. John's going, man, that's where the beautiful life is lived in every decision of life as a child of God, keep Jesus first. Sometimes we go, well, you know, I, hey, man, I got Jesus on Sundays, you know. <laughs> but Jesus wants to be on Monday as well. And Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, right? And he wants in every decision of life. You know, man, what am I gonna do for school? What am I gonna do for this job? What am I about this house? What about, you know, where I put my money, where I put my time, where I put my energy? And we go, Jesus, I wanna follow you. Your, your plans are better, your plans are bigger, your plans are greater. You are the one who is with me, you are the one who is for me. I wanna follow you in every decision of life. Jesus said this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be given to you as well. The problem is a lot of times we run after all these other things, right? And we're like, oh, okay, I need this house and this car and this money and, this. and God, you give me these things, then I'll follow you, <laughs> yeah. And God's like, hold on, you just follow me and I'll take care of these things. You trust me and I'll provide this. 
Let me be your protector. Let me be your provider. Let me be your shield. Watch this. So keep Jesus first. Next, love everyone always. You know, 42 times in 1 John in five chapters, he says love. Love. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. You know, when we know we are loved, then we can love others. And I think this is this trouble with us so many times, right, is because in our own lives, we may not feel loved. We may feel hurt, we may feel broken, we may feel scared, we may feel this fear or this doubt or this worry or this shame. And then what happens in our own lives, then we take that out on others, right? We project that on others. And, and sometimes, you know, in our own security, insecurities, we, we kind of lash out at the people around us. Sometimes you're in a hurry. Maybe it's not you, maybe it's me, right? And you get home and you're like, I gotta get this done, I gotta get this done. And, and then sometimes I, I'm not as loving or as kind as I should be to my family and my friends because I'm trying to get my way. I'm trying to do first, right? And he's like, no, no, no. When you realize how much God loves you, when you realize what God has done for you, when you realize that God has redeemed you, then you can turn around and love others. And that's what was happening with John. I mean, John was a fisherman. John was like a Jew. He didn't like the Samaritans, man. He, he didn't like them at all. And God started changing his heart and changing his life to where John just says at the end of his life, guys, it's love. Don't miss it. You know, if you think about it in your life, <laughs> your parents or your grandparents, or, they did a lot of things for you. But what you remember really is the way that they loved you. What you remember really is the way that they cared about you. What you remember really is that they were there for you and that you were important and you were valuable to them. And, and John's like, don't, don't get caught up in the world and, and miss the people around you. Realize that God's redeemed you for a reason and for a purpose. You are his. Hey, we keep his commands not out of fear but out of love. When we love God, then we wanna serve God. When we know that God is with us and God is for us, then we wanna make a difference and live it out in our lives. Behavior follows belief. You know, our behavior follows belief. It's true in life, right? If I believe it's gonna rain, I'm gonna take an umbrella. If I believe it's gonna rain $100 bills, I'm gonna take a bucket, right? I mean, it's like, you know, my behavior follows my belief. If I believe, truly believe that God is with me and God is for me, I'm gonna be bold. If I believe that God loves me, I have eternal life for me, what am I scared of? If I believe that Jesus is salvation, I'm gonna want people to know. I'm gonna want my kids to know. I'm gonna be excited that my kids can kick a soccer ball, but I'm gonna be even more excited when my kids are saying, hey, I love Jesus, and I'm diving into God's word. I want them to know because I truly believe that Jesus is the joy of my life. Hey, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. John, at the end of his life, right here, right, 1 John 4, he's like, guys, it's about love. So let me ask you, how are you doing at loving? Are you growing in your love? Are you growing in your patience? Are you growing and putting others before yourself? Are you growing? Not that we're there yet. Oh, no, we're all a work in progress, right? But are you growing in that love? Look at this. Be grateful. <laughs> Be grateful. In fact, this is the love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. 
For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Be grateful, our God is a God of love. A lot of people will go, well, aren't all religions the same? You ever heard that, right? Aren't all religions the same? And the fact is, no, they're not. I've studied every major world religion out there, and what you'll find is, is they have a God who's unknowable or unapproachable or unpleasable. And yet, when you look at the God of the Bible, the God of the Bible is love. And that's radically different. <laughs> radically different that we have a God, a sovereign God, who's over the entire world, who created it all, who sustains it all, and who loves you. <laughs> you are that valuable to him. Out of the 7.4 billion people in the world, you matter to God. God loves you. Man, be grateful. Christians ought to be the most joyful people around. I mean, we ought to be the most grateful people at heart because we know that God is with us, that God is for us. God gives us commands in order to help us have a beautiful life. Sometimes people go, well, man, there's a lot of things in here I'm supposed to do. Well, yeah, because God wants you to have a great life. As a parent, you know, there's things I tell my kids, hey, do this or don't do this. And it's because I love them. I want them to succeed. I know I have a little bit of wisdom and a little bit of experience because I've been there, done that. You know, it's like, hold on. I want you to know. I want you to know. Hey, his commands keep us from ruining our life. <laughs> have you ever thought about this? We're all one dumb decision away from ruining our life. I mean, that's encouraging, isn't it? Right? That's there, you know? <laughs> but you think about it, you're like, yeah, we are, you know? I mean, like, holy cow. So what keeps us from making that dumb decision? <laughs> well, God's Holy Spirit, praise the Lord, right? There's conviction. When we're getting ready to make it up, it's like, oh no, I shouldn't do that. There's the word of God. There's church, community, brothers and sisters in Christ going, what are you doing? Why are you thinking that? You know, where are you going? Hold on. We need that in our lives, that's that encouragement. That's that accountability. That's how we live this life. Listen, know and live out God's will for your life. Know and live it out. You know, in your life, there comes this point where things move from have to to want to, right? Maybe you remember there was a time in your life where you, I have to go to church, right? And then you get to this point where you go, man, I want to go. I don't want to miss. I mean, this is amazing. I'm diving in God's word. Worship is awesome. I got friends. I got relationships. I want, you know, Maybe there's a time when you're like, I have to serve. They keep talking about it. You know, it's like, worship one hour, serve one hour. You know, and then you get to the point where you're like, I want to. I can't wait. Uh, I have a daughter who's in 11th grade, and, and you know, she comes to the 8 o'clock service and serves with some of your kids at 9.30. And last Sunday, she's like, Dad, it was awesome. And she comes home after church. And she's like, Dad, it was awesome. I had 15 fourth grade girls, and they were so into it. And we had the Bible. We were talking about this, and, and everybody was so happy. And they all give me hugs afterwards. And she was like, just on cloud nine. I'm thinking, what high school student comes to church at eight, you know, and wants to serve at 9 30 at 11? But she's moved from have to to want to in her life. And, and I love that. And for all of us, right? It's not burdensome, um, it's joy. It's like, I get to do this. Right, there's times you're like, I have to give, right? And then all of a sudden you start to get a raise. You're like, I get to give. I get to make a difference in somebody else's life. I wanna invest in somebody. I wanna see lives changed. That is awesome. Here's what it says in 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is what God wants us to do. 
Look, overcome sin and hardships. This is where I think a lot of people get stuck, and this is why John emphasized this, I think. Who is it that overcomes the world? (laughs) Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is hope in the name of Jesus. Listen, we all have challenges in this life. Sometimes we think, well, I'm the only one going through this. No, you're not. We're all going through struggles. We're all going through difficulties. We're all going through challenges. Now, some of those challenges we cause ourselves, right? I mean, there's sin that we did, and there's consequences for that. But some of those challenges come because we live in a fallen, broken world. I mean, Jesus was sinless, and he went through a lot of challenges and a lot of hardships. I mean, so we will too, right? We'll all have these challenges in life. But don't let the past define you. Let Jesus define you. You move on, don't get stuck, don't stay there. And I think that's what John was saying to that. Hey, church, you're going through persecution, you're going through hard times, but listen, God's bringing you through it. God's working in your life. God's got plans that are bigger. You hold on him, you trust him. You are an overcomer through Jesus. Whatever's happened in the past, don't let it define you. Don't get stuck, don't stay there. You move forward. You move forward in Christ. God has great plans for your life. God has great plans for your life. I remember when uh, God called us to plant Rolling Hills and, and it was exciting, it was scary at the same time and Lisa, my wife, had more faith than I did and I was like, okay, we're gonna trust, we're gonna move. So we had a Bible study on Thursday nights in an apartment clubhouse in Cool Springs and had 15 people, but we knew it couldn't just be about us, right? That God had plans and purposes and God had called us, right, to do missions and to serve. And so we said, we'll do a mission trip. We're gonna go to this country called Moldova. And most people were like, where's Moldova? And we were like, well, I don't know, here's a map, you know? So Eastern Europe, we're gonna go there and we're gonna work in orphanages. And I remember one of those first trips that God called us to go on it. And we were like, man, we're gonna go and, and flying over there. And, and back then in Moldova, I mean, the poorest country in the former Soviet Union, right? And the smallest, and, and we went. And we saw, I mean, there was, you know, people around, there were guards, and it was just different culture, different time. But when we went into these orphanages, we fell in love with these kids. And we just saw, man, God's got a bigger plan for our lives, for his church, that God's gonna do something big. And, and on about that second trip, we went to an orphanage in Belts, up in Fleshed Orphanage, and, and we met a kid named Tudor. <laughs> and he was about six years old at the time, and uh, Tudor's here today. And so I want you to hear a little bit of his story and uh, what God's been doing in his life. So Tudor, come on up, and I want you to hear from him uh, this morning, because he's grown up a lot since he was six, and, uh, and uh, to see the young man that he's become and the plan that God has even for his life has been incredible. So Tudor, thank you for being here, and uh, man, uh, can you tell us just a little bit even about the challenges that you grew up with in Moldova? Uh, yeah, good morning, everyone. So happy to be here and uh, have a conversation with you all. Um, yeah, if you would ask me this question many years ago, I would tell you that uh, every my step in orphanage was a challenge. But now, living with God a little bit, I have a different uh, look at my uh, situation. Yeah, I did have some challenges. One of the biggest one was to be uh, a different, a different for in a place where everyone is the same. And um, once I got to do that, then another challenge was to find a spot in that crowd. In orphanage, it's really hard to have your place 
Because if you want to have something, you have to fight for it. Mm. You have to be tough, you have to be rude, you have to, to beat anyone if you want to get anything. So with the age, in about seven place, oh, sorry, seven grade, I got to have a spot in that orphanage where nobody will come to me and challenging me because I had a name, like you call that. And then uh, <clears throat> with Americans uh, coming in uh, our camp, our orphanage, uh, another challenge was to give away for that spot because uh, people, Americans around me was, were kind, they loved us, so then I learned something from them, and I had to love people around me, and that was really, really hard, since sometime I was, like, back in time I was rude with them, and now I have to give up on everything I build around me and just love them. And uh, love in orphanage is kind of weakness. If you love somebody, you show that you are weak, and they will do some bad things to you, because, and then you cannot do them mm. back because you have to love them. So those were some challenges for me. Wow. Well, I remember Tudor, us, as you know, many here even coming in and doing camps and getting to know you and, and then talking about Jesus. How has Jesus changed your life or impacted your life? Uh, he changed it totally. <laughs> I mean, the greatest thing he did in my life, he gave me a new definition of my life. Uh, I was defined by my past. So when I was looking in the future, I was afraid of taking any actions because my past was so bad and I thought like I won't be able to do that. I won't be able to achieve that because I was afraid of my past. But when I met Jesus, when I met God, he totally showed me a different way. He gave me a different definition. And right now when I wanna do a decision or wanna make a decision, I just look at him and I'm not, not looking anymore into my past. Wow, so awesome. Well, Tudor, God's done a lot in your life. I mean, it was amazing to seeing you come to know Christ and watching God change your heart and your life. And, you know, Becky sponsored you. And, and uh, you just have so many people who love you from this church and to see you come into the Boys to Leaders home and graduate, you know. And, and then what's God done in your life since? Um, he gave me a family. Mm -hmm. He gave me something that I never had. He gave me a wife and uh, more of that. Um, he gave me a child, yeah. and I'm so happy with what God done and, uh, in, in, into my life, of course. And uh, the main reason I came here today, of course, uh, worship him, and another one is let's go have dedication today. So it was my desire to dedicate my child to God because actually this is the, the first physical gift that I can give to God for what he has done into my life. And I will make sure that uh, I will do everything in my life just to, to tell her everything about our almighty God, mm. the, the one who saved me and the one who has a bright future for her also. Amen. Well, Tudor, thank you. <laughs> proud of you, man. You're awesome. Thank you for you. It's been incredible to watch um, Tudor grow up. And, you know, as a church, we have um, Justice and Mercy International, and we have a transitional living home for boys. And Tudor came to live there and met Stella, who was living in the girl's house from a different orphanage. And then they got married. And, 
and they have Celine. And so we have family dedication today at three o'clock and Tudor and Stella wanna be there to dedicate Celine um, to the Lord and to say, God, you've entrusted this precious child to us. And to think about the impact of generations and as Tudor said, I, I didn't really have a family growing up and now I am the spiritual leader from a home. And, and I want Celine to know God. I want her to have a foundation in the Lord. You know, that's the change that God wants to do in every one of our lives. That's the hope that we have in Christ. And I think that's what John is just saying to us, guys, don't miss it. So my dad would say, just go so fast. You know, don't let the past define you. Let Jesus define you. Let Jesus define you. And Charles Swindoll says, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. And I think we can sit there and, man, we can regret what's happened in the past or we can say, I'm gonna go forward in Christ. I wanna go forward in Christ. Hey, live this beautiful life that God has for you. Live it, don't just talk about it, live it, embrace it. And this is the testimony, God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. Jesus is the one who gives us life in this world and eternal life to come. Jesus wants you to have a great life here. He wants you to know him and to trust him and to follow him. But you guys, we have eternity to come. This life is not all there is and eternity is secure. I know I'm gonna see my dad again, right? I know I'm gonna be worshiping with him one day. I know I'm gonna be with John one day. I'm gonna have so many questions like, hey man, can we just hang out and talk? You know, but, but you know, this is the time we get and to make the most of it and to live it for Jesus every moment, every day. Jesus is the one who brings us through the challenges. Don't get stuck there. Don't get stuck in the past. Don't get stuck in the things that have happened to you. Go forward in Christ. You're an overcomer in him. God's got bigger plans, bigger dreams. Jesus is the one who overcomes. Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I believe John, you know, here he is writing this back to these believers who are going through persecution, these Christ followers, these churches are saying, guys, God's got a bigger plan and a purpose. You hold on to him. You live every day, every moment for the glory of God because your obedience impacts more than just you. Your obedience to follow God and to pour into your family and to pour into the next generation impacts more than just you. There are lives out there being impacted and changed. So trust him. Trust him and follow him. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History for Parents, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.